It's not just the airlines that hand out upgrades. God does it too. Will you be ready when yours arrives? Welcome to Chapter 6 of God's Favor by Gary Wilkerson. Gary is the president of World Challenge, and he hosts the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. You can find us at worldchallenge.org. God's Favor is brought to you by World Challenge, transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners with biblical encouragement and thoughtful commentary. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you. Please consider joining our donors who believe in World Challenge's mission. You can do that on our website, worldchallenge.org. And now, here's Chapter 6, Unprecedented Upgrades, read by Jason Staples. The Importance of Raising Our Sights to Honor God Sometimes the Lord wants to do a work in your life that I call an unprecedented upgrade. This is something you haven't experienced before in your walk with Jesus. It could be an unexpected blessing, a new season you enter into, or a new sphere of influence you're given. It might be something you've longed for and dreamed about but never expected to happen. Then, finally, the season arrives when the Lord does it, and it amazes everyone. God loves to bring about these unprecedented upgrades in our lives for two very simple reasons. First, it blesses us and that delights Him. Second, it brings glory to His name, drawing the lost and suffering into His healing light. I do a lot of traveling for ministry and I take a lot of international flights. For some reason, I always end up in what I call seat 78B. It's a middle seat between two very large, burly men, and the flight is 10 to 12 hours. I'm not an aggressive traveler, and I don't fight to command the elbow rests on either side of me. So usually on those trips, I end up sitting with my knees pressed together and my elbows held in for a long, uncomfortable flight. Things were a lot different for a woman who used to travel with our international ministry team. She constantly got upgrades. It started at the airline ticket counter, where out of the blue, the representative would tell her, Oh, look, we have an aisle seat left with a lot of legroom. Let me give that to you. Then when our team arrived at the hotel, the desk clerk would say to her, Ah, I see there's a suite available. Let me give that to you for the same price. She didn't have to be on ministry trips for this to happen. Friends and acquaintances called her whenever they were about to leave on vacation and said, Our apartment in Midtown Manhattan will be empty for a week. Why don't you come and stay there while we're gone? I once called her to see if she could meet with me on some matter. Uh, I can't at the moment, she answered, because she was staying at some friend's house. In Switzerland. Only it wasn't a house, it was a castle. I think my life is ready for some upgrades like hers, don't you? The rest of us were constantly awed at all the unbelievable upgrades that came her way, none of them solicited. I once asked her how this happened so often. She told me, I actually pray for upgrades. I believe in my Abba Father's love, that He is a good Father, and that He loves to give good gifts to all His children. Some might say this is a covetous faith, but I say it's beautiful, simply because it comes from a beautiful view of the Heavenly Father. Note that she said, all His children. You see, she didn't just ask for upgrades for herself. She was always seeking them for others. In fact, she's the kind of person who thrills to see others blessed. This is what made her so effective as our ministry coordinator on international travels. She was always thinking of the people who were going to receive what we had to offer in ministry. When she saw how deeply the Lord blessed them, it constantly built up her view of the Father's giving, generous nature. 
too many of us see God the opposite way, as a judge who wields a threatening gavel ready to bring it down on us in condemnation. Do you believe your Abba Father is always looking out for your best interests, not just for a good plane seat, but for your health, your marriage, your work, and especially for those around you? My friend's life demonstrates a great truth about our loving Father. It doesn't matter whether our issue is big or small. His loving favor toward us is the same all the time. Because His giving nature never changes no matter what our situation in life. King Solomon's life illustrates powerfully how the Lord goes about providing unprecedented upgrades to His servants. In Solomon's day, Israel's countryside was dotted with places of worship known as high places. These were like mini temples, constructed as conveniences for God's people so they wouldn't have to travel all the way to Jerusalem to worship. But the Lord wanted His people in one place when they worshipped, so He considered those high places unworthy. In fact, the Lord ordered them all to be torn down. Yet when King Solomon visited a town called Gibeon, he went to the local high place so that he could worship God. Normally, this would have caused an outrageous scandal, but Solomon's offering was full of sincere devotion and love for the Lord. He was so caught up in pure worship that he didn't bring the usual number of sheep to be sacrificed. He brought 1,000. God saw the intention in Solomon's heart and was delighted. He looked past the technicality of where the sacrifice took place, and he did something unprecedented. He told Solomon he would give him his heart's greatest desire. It's a surprising story. You can read it in 2 Chronicles 1. Who would expect God to react to Solomon's actions this way? Yet there's a deep lesson in this for God's church today. It begins with the Lord's question to Solomon. What is your heart's desire? What would you have asked for? I've thought of this question ever since I was a teenager, as my own faith was still being formed. In those youthful days when life was still relatively simple, my desires all had to do with grand ambitions. Coming from a long line of ministers, I dreamed about evangelizing, ministering to others, seeing God's kingdom work demonstrated on earth in dramatic ways. Those are still my desires. But sadly for most of us, life's humbling challenges have a way of causing us to lower our sights. Today, if I were to ask people in my church about their greatest desire, I wouldn't be surprised if they said, Oh, Gary, just to be out of debt, I'd love a clean financial start. Or, I really wish I had a more regular spiritual life. I think my devotional life falls short of what God wants for me. I would commend them for asking these things because they are good things. What do you think Solomon asked for? He answered the Lord, I am young and do not know how to lead the people. The one thing I desire from you, Lord, is wisdom. I need your guidance to know how to lead your people well. In a word, Solomon's desire was about blessing others. And in the Lord's eyes, that already amounted to an upgrade. Yet God was so pleased with the king's response that he decided to upgrade him even further. The blessing he promised Solomon beyond this was unmatched wealth and fame. Now, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you've been taught not to covet material things. I couldn't blame you if you read this passage and wondered, hold it. Does God really bless people in this way? That's such a worldly gift. Why would he indulge a man's flesh with this sort of blessing? Yet it was all part of God's greater plan for Solomon. Because of the king's wisdom and wealth, leaders from all over that region of the world would travel to meet him. And they would learn the secret of his blessed kingdom.
that there was a gracious God behind it all. That's right, embedded in Solomon's story is a lesson on God's amazing grace and how he applies it. Think about how unlikely these upgrades were. After Solomon's sacrifice in the high place, God would have been right to say, Sorry, Solomon, but you're worshiping in disobedience. I've instructed my people that I abhor the high places. I've made it clear they're not to worship here. I can't give you my favor because of the terrible choice you made. Maybe you hear a similar voice in your head from time to time. It tells you, you can't expect upgrades from God. Think of all your missteps. Your marriage isn't going to get better. It'll only get worse because you keep failing. You have so many flaws that you'll never overcome them all. How can you expect anything from God? But Solomon's story tells us just the opposite about God's character. He is always there for us. It's never okay to sin. But if we do, his desire for us never changes. He still wants to make good things happen for us and through us. He is still our loving Father, and He is always looking to upgrade our life to one of abundance, to a life that's both blessed and blesses others. An important step in knowing the fullness of God's favor involves something Paul speaks about, the renewing of our minds. How do we transform our image of God from that of a punitive master who constantly holds a hammer over our heads to the image of a loving Father who honors our faith even when we fail Him? we find a simple yet profound illustration in our own home life. If you're a parent, you don't want your kids to see you only as someone who disciplines them and never takes an interest in their desires. You hate the idea that they think of you as somebody ready to pounce on their mistakes instead of delighting in their dreams. This doesn't mean kids don't need correction constantly. You're only being responsible when you teach them the proper way to do things to learn to take correct steps to act and behave in ways that are right. Yet while they're taking this instruction, they also have to know they're loved, that you're behind them and want them to thrive, and that you always have their best interests in mind. That's our Heavenly Father's heart toward His church. Correction should always be expected, but it isn't His core aim with us. It's just part of the experience of growing up in a loving household, and it's meant to lead us into the upgraded life He desires for us. None of His upgrades, however, are based on our performance. They come from the hand of our gracious God. I learned how true this is through a trip Kelly and I took to Walt Disney World with our kids. We planned the trip way ahead of time, and we're looking forward to romping through the park with our kids. But just before the trip, Kelly broke her ankle and had to wear a cast. There was no way we were going to cancel the trip, so we decided I would wheel her through the amusement park in a wheelchair. We would have to settle for chasing our young ones as best we could. That turned out to be idealistic. One of the first exhibits you see once you enter Magic Kingdom is a semicircle of stores on a crowded street. The area was packed, and I hate crowds, especially jostling, rude crowds on hot, humid days in the Florida summer. From the outset, it didn't look like the promising day we'd dreamed of, and it wasn't. It took what seemed like forever just to move 50 feet or so through the crowd. In the rush to push through, people kept bumping into Kelly's chair. Already I was irritated, frustrated, and cranky. I kept asking my wife, Are you staying comfortable, honey? But inside I was thinking, This is so uncomfortable for me. Why didn't we do this smart thing and leave you in the hotel room? It's a mess trying to push you through these crowds. 
Finally, we came to the first ride the kids wanted us all to go on. We dutifully got in line, which seemed to stretch forever. A few feet ahead of us was a sign providing an estimated wait time of 45 minutes, and we weren't in the shade. Grumbling to myself, I noticed one of the park workers looking at us. He walked up to Kelly with a friendly smile and said, Welcome. Listen, you don't have to wait in line. Since you're in a wheelchair, you and your family get to move to the front. We did as he said, and suddenly the joy we'd wanted for our trip returned. The ride was great, so afterward we got in line again, and again, and again. There was no waiting for us at Disney that day, which in itself is a kid's dream come true. I didn't hesitate to let myself be that kid. What looked like one of the most miserable vacations of my life turned out to be one of the best we've ever had. We all have wheelchairs in our lives, things we have to push around in a constant uphill chore. Kids in trouble, tensions in marriage, frustration at work. These things can overwhelm us. And yet sometimes in the midst of our misery, God taps us on the shoulder and says, I have another line for you today. Come over here, into the shade, and go straight to the head of the line. This is much easier. God does this not because we've earned it. I certainly didn't that day. He does it to remind us that He sees, that He is there with us, and that our wheelchair doesn't define our lives. Our relationship with Him does. Sometimes we have to wait to receive the upgrade God has for us. David had to endure an excruciating period before he received the upgrade God had for him. After King Saul's death, the kingdom of Israel was divided. David had authority over two tribes, while Saul's son Ishbosheth had power over ten. As a result, 2 Samuel 3.1 tells us, there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. Years earlier, David had been anointed by the prophet Samuel to lead Israel. It was an unprecedented event, a farmer's son being called to rule as king. As a result, David knew his calling and destiny at an early age. Yet now, after all he had been through, deadly attacks from Saul, having to flee for his life, a divided kingdom, he must have wondered whether or not God's promise would ever come to pass. But David didn't murmur or complain about what the Lord hadn't yet done in his life. Nor did he lose heart about the Lord's promise to him. He knew he was facing a long battle, perhaps with many losses to come. Yet he continued to believe God had his best interests in mind. So how did David's unprecedented upgrade manifest? Scripture says, David grew stronger and stronger while the house of Saul became weaker and weaker. Sometimes we can't imagine God transforming things for us. Our tense marriage, our debt-ridden finances, our estranged relationships. Yet I can tell you unequivocally that God is at work making your household stronger and stronger. On the surface, your situation may look worse, but He is cutting away at things with the sword of His Spirit, and He is putting into place building blocks of faith and trust. You can know the enemy's hold is getting weaker and weaker while the work of the Spirit is making your household stronger and stronger. Sometimes an unprecedented upgrade can be so out of the ordinary it's shocking, and it brings about overwhelming change. This kind of unprecedented upgrade is found in Numbers 27, in a story that doesn't get preached about much. Moses was presiding as judge over Israel when he was approached by the five daughters of a man who had just died. In the culture of that time, a family's inheritance went to the oldest son. But in this family, there was no son. There were only the five daughters. 
The women were distraught because everything their family had built up was about to be lost. They asked Moses, Why should the name of our father be taken away from his clan because he had no son? Give to us a possession among our father's brothers. Moses knew this had never been done before, but he took the matter to the Lord. God's response amazed him. The daughters of Zelophehad are right. You shall give them possessions of an inheritance among their father's brothers and transfer the inheritance of their father to them. Here was a new decree, and it set a whole new precedent in Israel. From that time forward, any daughter who didn't have a brother could inherit the family's estate. The five daughters' request for an unprecedented upgrade didn't just change life for themselves. It opened the door for generations of others to be blessed. Make no mistake about it. God wants your family to be blessed. He wants you to enjoy a happy marriage, blessed children, and solid finances. But more importantly, God wants you to become a blessing. Like Solomon and the five bereaved daughters, the upgrades you receive may benefit many others. What if those five daughters had settled for the status quo? They could have reasoned, things have always been this way. Who are we to expect such things from God? We aren't better than our forebears. Yet if they hadn't asked, generations would have missed out on a blessing God meant for many. Does this describe you? Have you asked lately, Lord, would you rekindle my marriage? Would you provide work for me that covers all my bills? Would you show me the ministry you want me to have for your kingdom? Maybe you think you're unworthy to ask for those things. Well, of course you're unworthy. Solomon was unworthy, but God honored his faith. Our Father delights to bless us with amazing upgrades for His name's sake. Maybe you wonder why some people constantly get unprecedented upgrades while others don't. I think back to the woman on our international ministry team and all the amazing upgrades she received. I realized there was very little difference between her and the rest of us on the team. A lot of what she experienced had to do with her view of the Father. And a lot of what the rest of us experienced had to do with the inner voices we're prone to listen to that aren't his. The story in the Bible that best illustrates this for me involves the twelve spies of Israel who went into Canaan to scout the land God had promised them. You can read that story in Numbers 13. What they saw there was amazing. Talk about upgrades. The water in Canaan sparkled brighter, the fruit that hung from the trees was massive, and the fields were infinitely greener. Yet when those spies returned, they were divided over their report. Ten of them said, The land is indeed flowing with milk and honey, but it's also full of giants. They'll overwhelm us, and there's no way the Lord is going to give us this land. You probably know many Christians with this sort of attitude. Their view of life is, Why should I be so selfish as to ask God for anything? He isn't likely to do that. No, the opposite is true. It would be exactly like God to do it for you. The remaining two spies, Caleb and Joshua, knew this about the Lord's character. They said, we too saw the land, and we saw the giants. Praise God, we know he wants to give us that land. Maybe, like Israel, you're sitting just outside the place God has intended for you. What's your attitude about it? Do you believe a life filled with God's purpose is too much to ask? Or do you believe that no weapon formed against you can prosper? That no giant is too big for your God to deal with? Scripture says the ten doubting spies spread discouragement through Israel. But in the end, those ten never entered Canaan. But Joshua and Caleb did. Tragically, if we continue in despair, 
it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you want to lead an upgraded life, I believe your steps will be marked by three things. First, you'll constantly say, sign me up. Engage in the promises you see God give in His Word and say yes to all of them. Second, you'll ask boldly. Be like the five daughters who approached Moses. Don't be ashamed or fearful to ask God to do what has never been done before and expect to see His goodness in your life and others. Third, believe that God delights to do it because He delights in you. It isn't prideful to ask Him for good things. Like those five daughters, you're looking to pass on the blessings of the family name, and there's no higher name than Christ's. The upgraded life is one of unspeakable joy, and God wants to bless you with it. That's just one dimension of the amazing favor He has for you. You've been listening to Chapter 6 of God's Favor, read by Jason Staples. This podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ. World Challenge is incredibly thankful for the support we receive from many people across the country who believe in our mission. We're able to continue creating resources like this podcast because of donations from listeners like you. You can make a donation at worldchallenge.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. Next week on God's Favor, Gary tells us that it is God's desire to supply you with all you need. Until then, we hope you experience the life God wants you to have.